Welcome to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Leaders Podcast is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with interviews and advice on building your professional network, brand, and a purposeful second income from students, residents, and innovative professionals. Hey, welcome back to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast. Adam Martin was nice enough to come back uh, to talk to me. And what we're going to do now is kind of talk about some case studies. So we talked in general about mental fitness, physical fitness, nutritional fitness, uh, the science behind it, and some uh, tips in the last episode. But what I really want to do is kind of uh, talk about maybe some of the people that he's helped and uh, see that the goals that these people are working with uh, are the same ones uh, that you have as pharmacists. And and he's a pharmacist, so he knows what it is to stand for 12 hours. He knows what it is to to work weekends, to work odd hours. So Adam Martin, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back, Tony. Hey, so uh, what's a, could you give us maybe a first case study of somebody who's, you know, benefited from the coaching you've done? Uh, we've talked about, you know, the, the three big parts of it and mental, maybe one of the ones that uh, most people kind of not ignore, but maybe don't think about, you know, what's going to happen when, you know, things go badly. Uh, but can you give us a case study of somebody who succeeded uh, under your coaching? Oh, absolutely. So I had a phenomenal woman. She's a very, very prominent figure in the profession, let's say. Um, And this is why I love working with pharmacists and pharmacy students is I live that lifestyle. I work full time as a pharmacist in the trenches. So I know the struggles. I live them every day. So I've gone through that. I still go through it. So I'm able to relate and help people and apply what I do to their actual job because I'm with you guys. Yeah. So with that being said, um, a lot of times it comes to what I call skill transfer. So this individual, very, very successful in the profession. Um, she has phenomenal skills, able to you know, help patients create courses, all of these things, and just extraordinary. However, when it came to nutrition and staying on track, skills were lacking. So what, like I said in the beginning, when we first started talking, is really getting to know the individual, uh, her history, where she's been, where she's looking to go. Uh, she's, you know, went through several fad diets, tried this and that because she wanted results. Uh, so she wanted to get started and wanted a plan. So that's kind of where she start going through those things. However, sustainability was not there in the plans she had tried. So she did get some results, maybe lost 10, 15 pounds. Um, and then it, you know, it was a restrictive diet, you know, eat clean, don't have this, avoid that, no ice cream, no pizza. So it was very isolating, especially in social situations. Because you'd go out and your foods on your plan weren't there, so that created some anxiety, made you feel isolated, made you feel like you weren't part of the fun. And that kept compounding over time. And like we touched on earlier, mindset is huge. So that whole thought process of of being restricted and not being able to be a part of, you know, the fun, the party, the social group really started weighing. And she said, you know what, screw this. I want to be healthy but I also don't want to be so rigid and black and white. So fell off, went back to you know gaining the 10 or 15 pounds, maybe a couple extras, and back right where she started. I want to lose weight, and it was this vicious cycle that I see almost every single client I work with has gone through. You know, they see the magic shake, uh, protein shake that, you know, just drink this twice a day and you'll magically lose weight. You don't have to change anything. (laughs) It'd be nice. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Or take this pill. And I mean, even as pharmacists, you know, we see, you know, Qsimia and Phenermine and all this stuff. And it's a great, 
you know, booster in addition to changes. But if we really step back and just ask a basic question, are we satisfied with where our health is right now? The answer is no, because you're looking for help. Okay. So if we're here, how did we get here? So that was through certain thoughts, behaviors, or limiting beliefs that led us to where we are. So if we don't address those, if we don't address the mindset and our history as an individual, we're not going to make any lasting change. We have to address the things that led us to where we are so that we can change those to lead us to a different path down where we want to go. So that's kind of the basis if you want to simplify my process. Um, and with, with the case study is, is where this led and ended up going. So with her, we looked at things and like I said, we get to know where she had been and so forth. So I asked her and I asked all my clients, you know, in your previous diet attempts or attempts at changing your eating and physical behaviors, what did you like? So she's like, well, I loved walking because I got to walk with my husband and that was, you know, fun quality time and we enjoyed it. Okay. What did you not like? And that list just soared. <laughs> I didn't like this, I didn't like that, I that. So I was yeah. like, okay, like writing feverishly, yeah. like don't do this, don't do yeah. that. So what, what does that do? That allows me to make recommendations based on her preferences because if she hated to do the elliptical, I'm not going to tell her to do the elliptical because what's that going to do? That's going to create dissonance. She's not going to trust me anymore because I didn't listen. I didn't know. So getting to that point of knowing what she does and does not like, that really helped. Um, but what I really started to do is just starting at the low-hanging fruit, the simple things. So this is I'll, – I'll share one tip that really had a huge impact on her that can be applied especially to pharmacy because we get so focused on our, our work and helping our patients that if you're not aware of this, it can lose sight and sabotage your success. So this is something – and I myself practice – Fun fact about the brain when it comes to health, hunger, is it does not know the difference between being thirsty and hungry. So how many times have you guys worked a shift where a tech calls off or it's 4 p.m. on a Monday and the after work rush is just flowing, just like, you know, you can't stop it. You know when the last time you had a drink was? Maybe, I don't know, two hours, three hours or more? You probably start to feel hungry and you, pro you could be hungry too, however, if you just start eating and feel that you're not full or you're like, why am I eating and not getting full? Like I still feel hungry or you started eating and you're like, what is this like sorcery? I eat and I become more hungry, <laughs> right? Everyone's had that myself included. I, I actually get really hungry. Like if I find myself drinking like a Red Bull and then I have another one, maybe a couple hours later and then I'm like, why am I so hungry? Like I am famished. And it's because I've dehydrated myself. It sounds like that if you dehydrate yourself in some way, that hunger might come on, which now makes sense to me as you're explaining it. Yes. So I created something called, and I, I literally called it this. I don't know if this exists, but I'm going to trademark it with my name. <laughs> um, it's called the water test. Okay. So it, let's say generally you eat every three to four hours and you feel okay. Like that. that's your pace at meal frequency that allows you to stay you know, satisfied, but not starving or not full. So if you're like an hour or two in, so it's not necessarily time to eat per se, mm -hmm. that does change, but just for all intents purposes, um, and you feel hungry, do the water test. So I have literally a case of water at my pharmacy 
And if I feel that urge, because this happens to me on almost a daily basis, and my texts will tell you, they're like, oh, he's doing the water test. Drink. <laughs> so, so I put this into practice. This is tried and true. And I've tr shared this with every one of my clients and every one of them like, oh, my God, this changed my life. It's very simple when you can put it into practice immediately today. If you're feeling a sense of hunger, do the water test. It doesn't hurt to have more water anyway. So all this could do is benefit you. Literally drink you know, a bottle of water or a glass of water or whatnot. 8 to 12 ounces, let's say. Wait like a couple minutes. I almost guarantee that that feeling of hunger is going to go away. You know, unless you haven't eaten like six or eight hours, that's a different story. But if you just do the water test, have a drink of water, wait a couple minutes, almost every time the feeling of hunger will go away. Now, that's not to say that I'm promoting fasting or not eating and just drink water all day. This is just one tool that you can use that the feeling of hunger you have might not actually be hunger, but it might actually be thirst because the signals that your brain is sending you doesn't necessarily mean that you're hungry. It could just be you're thirsty. So just having some water will rehydrate you, and if that is the signal, if it actually was thirst, that'll go away. You won't feel hungry, and you can get on with your day. Man, that is just uh... – that's that's really valuable. I, I I can see where that's going, and and I almost feel like I'll call you back in ten weeks, and I'm going to let you know where I'm at because I'll tell you my my story that uh, every year I generally kind of go up to 182, 184 in terms of my weight, and then mm -hmm. it, I'd always come back to 172. And this is the very first year that I actually never I never made it back down. And it was just, and I did everything sort of the same. We had a little bit of weird winter, a little bit of weird uh, exercise, you know, blocks and things like that. But I actually work out somewhere between 90 and 120 minutes, at least four times a week. So wow, just to, awesome. well, but my weight doesn't change. And my wife's like, you just got to start drinking water. You just got to start drinking water. And I was like, no, nah, it's not the water. I'm just, you know, need to work out more. But now she's gonna be like, are you kidding me? So Adam tells you you drink water and you listen to Adam and Adam's, you know, and now, now you lose the weight, you know? So I, I wonder if, if it's just, I, I almost didn't drink the water because I was like, I'm not going to do what my wife tells me. I can do it, you know? So uh, maybe that's one of those things. Dispense, <laughs> I had to get a pharmacist to dispense my script for success. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a pharmacist too. Oh God. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, um, let's kind of delve into what an actual, you know, client, uh, you know, session looks like, uh, what time frame can people expect results in? Because I feel like people either don't wait long enough or they think they're done and then stop. And I found that when I did business coaching, I just kept going and I did it for, I guess, I want to say five years straight and I didn't stop and my business continued to go. So first of all, tell me what a session looks like. Is it like a half hour, an hour? Uh, and then tell me what kind of time expectation should someone have? I know it's individualized, but maybe, you know, should I see results in a month, three months, a year? What What is that? So let's start with first, what does a session look like uh, with you as a coach? Absolutely. So first, like I said, we, I really want to get to know the person as an individual. Because we can't really, I can't make recommendations on anything until I know what your goals are. Um, I have different goals. You have different goals. So allowing me to understand what your intentions are, what your goals are, be those physical, mental, or nutritional, will allow me to then kind of embody those goals and make those my priority to help you get there. So that's the first thing. 
in order to identify what your why is, where you're looking to go. And then before we get started there is we want to look at your history. So really do an intake of what you've tried before, what you did, like I said, what you did not like, what you did enjoy, um, what your preferences are. If you have any physical ailments, any you know comorbidities, any issues going on, medications, all of those sort of things that we naturally would go through as a pharmacist. Um, and then looking at you know where we can get started, where what their realistic time is, because some people realistically only can fit in at at the present time, let's say ten minutes, three days a week. That's realistic for them. And if you try to tell them to do an hour, four days a week, they're just going to get frustrated and say this isn't working. So finding a plan once we have that beginning information and how we can be realistic about it at a starting point. So things do change. It's not this is set in stone. So really finding that starting point, where can we get that momentum going? If you can commit to 10 minutes three times a week, you're going to feel great because you started a new habit. And then you're likely going to want to get more results. And then we can start adding time or duration or things like that. So it's not about finding time, but really making time. Where can we rearrange that in your schedule? If you're a parent, a lot of parents, they like to do this first thing in the morning before their kids wake up because they say, you know, once you hear the first words, <laughs> you're not going to do nothing until they go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know yeah. this. You know this better than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's um, we're, we're pretty good about it. Uh, my I, I do my workout like I'll get up at five and then I'll go go work out. And um, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And then my backup is at night. And that is so variable. So you're talking a bit about the variableness that parents have, which is. If you could just go to bed, mommy could go work out, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's the other thing is finding out how it works. So you don't have to do an hour in one sitting. There is flexibility with that. And that's the concept of nutrition and exercise that I really help people to see that it's not black and white. There is flexibility and, and that's the beauty of it. We have the structure of a plan. Let's say we want to get in a 30-minute workout but we have the flexibility for life because you have kids, you have work, if you're owning a business and so forth. So if you don't get 30 minutes in, you can't do that, you can split it into two 15-minute sessions. In the morning, when you get home, at lunch break, whatever that is, getting to know the person's schedule, what their typical day looks like, and then where we can rearrange things or just fit it in. Instead of you know watching TV for an hour, not cutting it out, but what if you only watched 30 minutes and did 30 minutes workout? Or what if you walked while you watched TV if you had like a treadmill or something? So not it's not about turning someone's lifestyle upside down to fit the plan. It's about taking a plan that's right for the person, matching their goals, what their preferences are, and then allowing that to fit into their lifestyle. That's really where it comes down to the aha moment. Because um, a lot of people that I, I work with they have this belief that if they want extreme results, they have to do extreme measures and, you know, forget all the fun foods in quotes. Um, you got to starve and run on the elliptical like a gazelle until you sweat out everything. So those are a lot of things that people think, but it really doesn't come down to extremes. It comes down to what can you consistently implement on an ongoing basis using activities that you actually enjoy. Because I refuse to tell people to do something they don't like. I won't do it because they're not going to do it. 
and then they're just going to hate me. So it's not going <laughs> to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, how, how long is the initial session, the intake session maybe, and then, and then the follow-up sessions? And then how often do you talk to them? Absolutely. And then the other question you said is how fast can they start oh, seeing yeah, results? Yeah. You can start seeing results on the first day. And why I say that is once you become aware, like just what just happened 10 minutes ago talking about water, that clicked for you. And you're like, holy crap, like this can, like you just felt it. It's a BFO. It's a blinding flash of the obvious. You're like, come on, man. That's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's something, it's like connecting the dots. And that's kind of what I help to do as a coach is they know it, but they don't implement it because they don't see the value or they don't see the why or impact it can have. Um, let's tie this to pharmacy for a second. Someone comes in and you counsel them. They're like, oh, I've been taking my Simvastatin forever. Like, don't worry. I'm like, well, make sure you take it at bedtime because when you sleep at night, that's when your body makes cholesterol and it'll be more effective. Oh, I never knew that. Now I'm going to take it to bed all the time. I was taking it haphazard. So you just had an impact. They knew they had to take it every day. They've heard that they should take it at bedtime, but allowing them to see the impact it can have and why they should take it that will allow those actions to have more impact, have more results, and that's what people want. They want to see results. They're not going to do something over and over if they don't see a return on their investment, Sure. right? So allowing, allowing that to happen really helps. Um, so that awareness, all that, you literally see results on day one. Um, like I said, I don't promote supplements or shakes or I'm not selling products. It's really education and support. That's, that's what I focus on because – my goal is to empower people to be their own best nutritionist. I get them started with the plan, getting that momentum going, but I really want them to understand nutrition. How do foods impact the body? What are macronutrients? How does each one, so macros being carbs, protein, and fat, what is the role of each? What is a good ratio for that individual? Can they change things or swap things? So if they're looking for more protein, how are they going to incorporate that on their diet? What strategies can I empower them with so that if they're traveling all the time or at a social setting, how can they make swaps? So if the meal they started the day with going into like saying, I want to have this meal, but then they have a work lunch, how are they going to pivot and still stay on track without feeling like they quote failed? How are they going to still feel on track? That's where that whole concept of structured flexibility comes into play is they have the structure of a plan, but the flexibility to make swaps and enjoy life because life is not planned. We can have a plan, but God laughs and says, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but from a, I guess if you want to see a, a statistical number with results, let's say the goal is weight loss. Um, you can, depending on the individual and what their starting point is, you can see 10, 20 pounds weight loss in the first week. And the reason for that is when we eat excessively, our body stores the energy as either fat or glycogen, glycogen being the stored form of sugar or glucose in our skeletal muscle or liver. So when you start working out, the first thing you, that happens if you haven't been working out in a while is you don't burn fat right away. You start to burn glycogen, the stored glucose in your muscle. When you do that, glycogen holds three times its weight in water. So you've heard that phrase like it's just water weight. Yep. Well, not exactly. So yes, it is water weight, but you're also burning primarily glycogen. 
So burning that stored glucose from the muscles and liver, you are burning the water off that holds the glycogen holds that weight with, and you do burn a little fat. In the beginning, it's not as much. You first have to burn through that stored carbohydrate first before you tap into the fat stores um, because the body is very efficient and it's looking to keep you alive to survive. So looking at how it functions, anatomy, physiology, tapping into that to get to your results, that's really what happens. So just want to clarify that when people do start working out, you do see that initial dip, but it's not just water weight. It is water. I just wanted to explain why and where that phrase comes sure. from. But it is a mix, water, glycogen, and fat, primarily the first two. But then after week two and three and you're consistent with it, that's where the fat loss can happen at a rate of one to two pounds a week if everything is ideal. Now, with that, there will be other things lost that can contribute to weight. Hormones have a play and so forth. But looking at just one goal of weight loss, that's what can happen. Um, if everything is is in play and you're consistent with things, awesome. And then um, when you when you do talk to somebody, what's that intake time and what's the amount of time that you spend with them uh, with each call, or how often are the calls? Certainly. So when I set up with the client, it comes down to their goals and how much I guess you could say contact time they want. That's how I oh, okay. plan out their structure. So initially, just to get to know them, I try to do a 30 minute consultation just to get to know their history, their goals, and if I'm a right fit. Um, some people do look for those quick fixes. They don't want to learn about mindset. They don't want that. And, and that's okay. It's not for everyone, but that's how I function because I find it works best to empower someone for the long term. Um, so if that happens, I just let them know and, and honest with them. Uh, however, most people are looking for a sustainable change they can implement long term. So I just kind of hear what their goals are, tell them how I do things allow them, just walk them through that process of what they can expect from me, setting those expectations of what I expect communication-wise from them as a client, what they can expect from me as a coach, and then setting up a plan from there. Um, once we get started, I have a full portal system on my website at thefitpharmacist.com. Um, that is amazing. That system uh, has been designed back in 2014 and is updated on a, like a monthly basis. Uh, what that does is it takes the nutrition and the mindset and the physical activity content and it breaks it down into manageable time chunks in a stepwise fashion. So what I mean is you have a plan, you have a structure to learn these concepts on a gradual basis. So day one, you learn you know, the basics of getting started. Day two builds off of day one and so forth. And it's broken down into 10 to 15 minute chunks a day. So that if you're a pharmacy student, a pharmacist, you can find 10 to 15 minutes a day so that we can get you started with this learning process. That paired with my check-ins because everyone's going to learn at a different pace. They're gonna have different things they wanna focus on. Some people don't really care about mindset, but then once they get started, they see the value and they really wanna go ham on it, so then we change courses and look at that as a focus, um, whereas in the beginning it might have just been nutrition. So looking at how those goals change, because they will change over time. So setting those goals, being consistent with the client, I find once a week check-ins with phone work best, plus unlimited email support. So normally when I start with a client, 
I expect to see, you know, a couple emails a day for the first week or two because there will be questions and I welcome that. I love that. That shows me that you want to learn, that you're engaged, you're trying to dig through that content and apply it um, and seeing where it can fit or, you know, that sparked a thought and, you know, oh, if this works, how could I do that? I love that. When Pete, when I have clients that are engaged, and they're asking questions like that's, that's, that's my ideal, my ideal client is someone that, you know, has that thirst for learning. Um, but then it comes down to, you know, over time they start getting in the swing of things. They're starting to become somewhat autonomous, which is great. Still wanting that check-in to see how they're doing. So that tends to fall down to a couple times a week um, through email. But I still do like that uh, phone contact time or FaceTime or whatever they prefer um, on a weekly basis for whatever works best for their schedule. Awesome. Well, I've asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything you want to sign off with? Anything else you want to just uh, say to the listeners before we sign off? Well, I just want to let you guys know that a lot of times we get in this rut of, you know, in order to be healthy, I have to do all these things and we can overwhelm ourselves into an action. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can be the fit health practitioner. You can become the fit pharmacist. And when you do that, not only will you empower yourself to give better care, but you will inspire those you work with and the patients you serve. When you give advice on someone to be healthy, if you're not healthy yourself, that probably doesn't feel very good. But if you've gone through that process and you know that struggle of you know, going through becoming healthy, you can be proud. You can resonate with that patient, get to them on a personal level. That will deepen your relationship, promote more trust in you as a practitioner, and you'll be able to have better impact not only on their health, but with their counseling and just in their personal life. Um, and for me, that's my biggest passion with pharmacy is the relationships we build, not only with our colleagues, but with our patients that we serve. And if you can deepen that to a more personal level so that you can help them on multiple facets of their health, that's going to make your job so rewarding, guys. So rewarding. Um, my job satisfaction has just steadily inc inclined as the years go on, which as a full-time community pharmacist is like unheard of, right? Like, you know, you hear about burnout and this and that, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's not a dichotomy where if you work long hours and you're committed to your job, you have to sacrifice your health. That's really what I'm looking to redefine that you can be the fit pharmacist. You can be someone that helps people on their path to better health and really inspires them to live life on their own terms, whatever that means to them. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast. Thank you, Tony. Support for this episode comes from Goodnight Pharmacology, 350 brand and generic name drugs with classifications, a leading resource for students in the United States, United Kingdom, and Australia. Print, ebook, and audiobook available on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon.com. Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag #PharmacyLeaders. Leaders 